Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Long Live Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast. God bless you all, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. How we doing, folks? I just got the flu shot. Getting the flu shot is kind of like getting the vaccine. It made my arm a little sore. And I also just had my yearly physical. They had to draw some blood out of me. I swear that is a sharp needle. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Let's do this. Andrew Burnap is going to be the new male lead in the live action Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. The new male lead. And he's not even playing the prince. What's this going to be? A love triangle kind of thing? Andrew Burnup. The, and, and then you got the prince. What's this about? Is Andrew some guy in the friend zone or something? Man, talking about changing things, you might as well change the whole story now. What's next? You're not going to give us the seven dwarfs? You're going to give us seven hobbits? Yeah, that kind of changes things drastically. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, I think, is the most straightforward Disney movie. Let's see, you have Snow White, the Queen, the Dwarfs, the Huntsman, and the Prince. Not that many locations. I think what they're doing right now is trying to give the movie a little bit more variety, maybe a little bit more flavor, add more to it, which they always do in every live-action movie. Me personally, I'm not too excited to see this Snow White uh, live-action adaptation, even though I am a big fan of Disney, been a huge fan of Disney literally my entire life. Knowing that Gal Gadot is going to be playing the Evil Queen kind of sparks my interest just a little bit, just a little bit, not overwhelmingly. I'm wondering if Snow White has to choose between two guys now. You have Andrew Burnett who's playing, let's say he's playing the beta male. And then you have the prince who's playing the alpha male. You have these, you have multiple guys going after Snow White. Obviously the queen doesn't like that. I think it kind of spices up the story when you really think about it. Snow White is the fairest one of all and having multiple guys going after her really reinforces that. So it kind of makes sense, realistically, if they're going down this route. I think they need to cast even more guys. You know, chasing after Snow White. I I doubt this would be the case. I think Andrew Burnup is the me is the male lead for another reason. I don't know. But you know, realistically, I think it makes sense if they're going down that route. Which they probably won't. All right, breaking news, guys. Mission Impossible 7 and 8 has been delayed to 2023 and 2024. That's quite some delay. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Mission Impossible 7 was supposed to come out this year, September. And now it's delayed until... Uh, what month was it? 
uh, July 14th, 2023, next year. If Paramount wants to delay Mission Impossible 7 out of 2022, I don't really think that's a huge problem on their end. On our end, we are, you know, we are the fans and we really want this movie to come out this year. But on their end, they still have Top Gun coming out, which should be, you know, what should make should make a lot of revenue. But if they were going to delay Mission Impossible 7 and Top Gun out of 2022, that could be an issue. One of the two movies has to come out this year. Paramount does have quite a bit of movies coming out this year. Top Gun is easily going to be their biggest movie of this year. And I would say after Top Gun, a runner-up would be Sonic the Hedgehog 2. That's going to make some good money. What else does Paramount got going on? Uh, Jackass Forever. I don't see Jackass making a ton of money at the box office. They're going to make some money, but... Not on the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 level and definitely not on the Top Gun level. What else do they got coming out? They have a Bee Gees biopic coming. The Bee Gees. They have a an animated CGI movie called Luck that's coming out in February next month. And also a movie with Margot Robbie and Brad Pitt called Babylon. And keep in mind, those aren't all of the movies that are coming out from Paramount, those are some of the movies that I'm aware of. Paramount has a decent lineup of movies, I would say. What, what do you think? You know, I'm, I think I'm starting to backtrack a little bit. Mission Impossible 7 is a big movie. And it's not going to be released in 2022. But they still have Maverick, Top Gun Maverick. And Sonic the Hedgehog 2 and whatever else they got going on that's coming out. And also they have the Paramount Plus subscription service. So they're making money that way as well. I'm not subscribed to Paramount Plus. I'm not aware of what's actually available on the platform outside of uh, Rugrats. I know they rebooted Rugrats for Paramount Plus. So Mission Impossible 7 is going to be released on July 14th, 2023. And then Mission Impossible 8 is going to be released June 28th, 2024. And we're getting Top Gun Maverick this year in May. I believe May 27th. 27th, yes. How old is Tom Cruise? I think he's about to be 60, right? Hang on. I got Google up right here. Yeah, he is. He is 59 right now. He will be 60 on July 3rd. Mm. Still doing his own stunts for the most part. He's giving us Mission Impossible 7 and 8 and Top Gun. That's a bad dude. That is a bad man. It's time for my review. The last movie was 10 years ago. It's officially here. It's in theaters. I have the review. My review of Scream.
Scream is not directed by Wes Craven, sadly. God rest his soul. In his place, director Matt Beninelli Open. I'm looking at some of his movies on Google right now. He did. Uh, he directed Ready or Not. Devil's Do, which clearly sounds like a horror movie. I've never seen it. VHS. Phobias. Phobia sounds like a horror movie. Okay, so he seems to be... Uh, he, he, he's done some horror stuff. But is the movie good? That's the question. Does it have that Wes Craven flavor? If you know what I'm talking about. Does it feel like a Wes Craven movie? Eh, kind of, sort of. You know, and that's like saying not everybody can fry chicken as good as your grandma. Some people can come close. Some people are clearly a step down, but the chicken is still good. Not too shabby. Clearly, the chef is different. Someone else is in that kitchen. The chicken's not. The chicken is not that bad. But do pass the hot sauce and the uh, little bit of seasoning. A touch a touch of garlic. Hey, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, I had to make a quick edit. I had to switch out my mic for a different mic. The microphone that I'm using right now is my backup mic. Hopefully, I still sound pretty good, pretty clear still. Plosives may be an issue. From here on out, the audio quality might take a dip, and I apologize for that. Okay, back to the screen review. I would say the most unique thing about this movie is the direction in every screen movie, Sydney Prescott is the main character. She is the heart and soul of the movie because the killer always had a personal hatred towards Sydney. He attacked her for a reason. There was always this personal connection. This movie, however, there is a new heart and soul of this movie. A character named Sam, played by Melissa Barrera. Now, Neve Campbell, Neve Campbell, who plays Sydney, Sydney Prescott is in this movie, okay? But she's kind of in the background. Sam is the new main character in this movie. The killer is going after Sam. Who's the killer? Why is he terrorizing Sam? What's the connection? We got ourselves a movie. I will say the first 30 minutes of this movie is kind of generic. And I would also argue that the rest of the movie is that way as well. Uh, there are some things here and there that are cool about this movie. Some things that are unique. But for the most part, this movie isn't reinventing Scream it's giving us more scream, you know, it's it, it, this movie is not a turning point for the franchise. There is nothing in this movie. No, hang on. There are some things in this movie that are new. That are spoilers that I'm not going to tell you, but for the most part, this movie is simply just more scream. Let me go back to Sam just for a second. No spoilers. I will say this, however. Sam is definitely a character that is not in this movie randomly for the sake of this movie simply having a, a brand new main character. Sam's backstory is actually connected to the very first Scream movie. So 
How are the kills in this movie? Does Ghostface slice and dice? Yes, he does. Most of the time. Some scenes are are more brutal than others, certainly more bloodier than others. Um, And then there was one kill that was just... Yeesh. (laughs) Clearly Ghostface didn't want this person to live. Not on his watch. So the kills are very gruesome. This movie delivers on the kills. That being said, the tension and the suspense that actually leads up to the kills is kind of weak this time around. And what do I mean by this? I'm talking about whenever we get to a scene with a character that's being hunted, that knows that he or she is being stalked, you know, hello, is someone there? Hello. And what makes the suspense kind of weak. Now, this is just me, my own opinion. Whenever Ghostface pops out, reveals himself, and starts chasing the victim, 70% of the time, he pops out at very predictable moments. And some of these moments are actually spoiled in the trailer, which is a shame. That trailer is full of kills. There were a few scenes that got me. For example, that kill that I just described earlier on. That kill, that whole build of the suspense and tension, that was vintage Ghostface. Vintage. That whole scene was unpredictable. It completely got me. All right, now that we got all this savage, gruesome Mortal Kombat stuff out the way, let's go for some major cons with this movie. Starting with the cast. Fresh faces, young people, new people. But the acting is not that good, I'm afraid. From the new cast, outside of Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette. And those actors don't show up until at least 30 minutes later into the movie. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. We don't need to see the legacy characters right away. Nothing wrong with that, but in this movie, this particular situation that we got going on right here, without the legacy characters, the first 30 minutes of this movie, if there is a scene that doesn't involve Ghostface doing his thing, if there is no action on screen, the movie is kind of dry. I mean, the cast, they kind of carry it a little bit, but for the most part... The first 30 minutes of this movie, I was thinking in my head, when are we going to get to Sidney Prescott? When are we going to get to Courtney Cox and David Arquette? I don't think there were any standout performances. They were all pretty average. Melissa Barrera, who plays Sam, short for Samantha, the main character, she was okay. The only reason why I like her character is because of her backstory that connection to the first screen movie. When the legacy characters finally came on screen, they did save the movie a little bit. Neve Campbell as, as Sydney Prescott. She has not missed a beat. She can play Sydney forever. Her coming back as Sydney was like Harrison Ford coming back as Han Solo in force awakens. Very seamless. 
And it's the same situation with Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers and David Arquette as Dewey. These actors may be a little bit more older, but they they truly have not missed a beat. Scream cannot work without these actors, especially Neve Campbell as Sidney Prescott. It just doesn't work. I mean, you can always have the ghost face scenes whenever he's slicing and dicing. That will always be entertaining. And you can have better actors, but Neve Campbell, Sidney Prescott, needs to be front and center at all times. This is her movie. This is her franchise. Now, if there is going to be a character that's going to be the new Sidney, Maybe I'm just being a fanboy. I love Neve Campbell. I love Sidney Prescott. But that actress is going to have big shoes to fill. What I like about Neve Campbell as Sidney Prescott, especially in this movie, she has this majestic presence that you can almost feel. When Sidney was revealed in the first 30 minutes of this movie, I got very excited. I said to myself, okay. Now this movie can start officially. We got the legacy characters here. Hopefully they can turn this movie around. Now we have some performances. It's by no means a bad movie. Still a pretty decent horror flick. My least favorite Scream movie in the franchise. My favorite is still Scream 2. Kind of unpopular to say, but that is my favorite. Scream 2. Not 1. 2. Yes, you heard that right. I'm going to give Scream a C-. Well, that's all I have for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. This was a fun one. I'm about to go ahead and pop in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. I really feel like watching that. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. I burned through all of my material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And once again, if you enjoyed this episode, and hopefully you enjoyed this entire podcast, don't forget to follow. Today's my mother's birthday. Happy birthday, mother. Well, universe. That's officially a wrap. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the Long Live Hollywood podcast. My name is Aaron. Be safe out there. Love each other. Do nice things for each other. And good things will come to you. I promise you. Take care now. Bye-bye.